I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you're listening to Nobody Cares Except For Me. It is a podcast. You know this. You're on the podcast app. Congratulations. I am your host, Auntie Donahue. And this week, we have an editor, a writer, a personality. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Emil Niazi. Hello. Hi, Anne. You're wearing the greatest overalls. Thanks. I ha- Yeah, my overalls have uh, snakes on them, and they are Haley L. Sacer. I love her. Yeah. yeah. She, um, I grew up in her town, actually. Her mom was my design and tech teacher. How cool. Yeah. She's rad. I think she's coming on here. She seems like the best. She's a cool and person. And her clothes are great. Yeah. Her mom at an event was like, I recognize your voice. And I was like, oh, because I was very loud and great time. <laughs> oh, my God. It was God. not a compliment. It's not from the podcast. No. It was definitely her being like, I remember you in design and tech. Me being like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, listen. This episode is um, produced by Dick Wolf. And... I've, and uh, what's his name? Speedweed? Him especially. <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're talking about uh, Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Dun dun. Um, and the Department uh, of New York City Police Officers that deal with um, heinous sex crimes. A.K.A. a great watch for everyone of all ages, all the time. I think we're on season 17. It's trucking. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more about Olivia Benson's personal life, which I don't know how I feel about sometimes. Okay, I just want to uh, start with a caveat that I obviously like um, abolish all cops, but Mm -hmm. mad respect to Detective Olivia Benson. Uh, Actually, I think she's a sergeant now. Uh, And the 17 years of amazing police work that she's done in New York City. Um, But I don't care about her adopted son, Noah. Enough. No, or at all, actually. I just don't. I've never cared. No, I've never cared. I, I never, I always get annoyed when shows that are about something turn into a show about something else. 100%. I did not sign up for this. 100%. I signed up for, like, Stabler. Mm-hmm. I signed up for Ice Tea. Yes. I signed up for... Munch. Munch. Oh, my God. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, listen. Okay, so... When did your obsession start? My obsession, well, so I used to watch Law and Order, the original series, wow. when it was just about um, regular crimes as opposed, to, as opposed to heinous sex crimes. And uh, Angie, Angie Harmon loved her oh. smoky little voice. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. She was like a super ADA, kind of like a weird Christian in real life. Not that it's weird to be Christian, but. I mean, um, I can, I'm a, you know, kind of a weird Catholic, conservative I can say. <laughs> in real life. But on the show, she was like a very cool, ball busting um, ADA. Mm-hmm. But so I watched original Law and Order when I was a kid because I, and I think you are the same, yep. um, I was really obsessed ever since I was a little kid about being kidnapped. So mm-hmm. I had it in my head that 
like 100% I was going to be the chosen one, chosen by a pervert and um, kidnapped and stolen from my home. So I would watch, like, obviously Unsolved Mysteries is a huge part of any um, not 80s, 90s kids' totally. life. Um, so I watched Unsolved Mysteries. I watched America's Most Wanted, like, Ooh. as if I was studying for a test. And then I started watching Law and Order in preparation um, of my kidnapping. And then um, I grew up and I was not kidnapped. I mean, um, yeah. thank God. Knock on wood. We're still young. Uh, and that just turned into being a young woman. And so as a young woman, you have to be prepared for the other bad thing that can happen, which is being raped or murdered and or both. Yep. So then I started watching Law and Order Special Victims Unit because it's all about heinous sex crimes. Mm-hmm. Um as well, I think preparation for that as like, OK, well, if I can just learn what gross men do uh, in this fictional world, then I can prevent it in the real world. And also it's just very soothing. It's oddly soothing because minus there's a couple episodes that pop into mind that are like the opposite of soothing, soothing, like when Olivia goes undercover in the prison oh, and then the guard, like, episode. oh, my fucking God, that. I remember the American Eagle shift I worked the day after where I was like, we had to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I had to like really get it out. And then the other one where the person from the airport would come and bring the luggage, the lost luggage to women and then like get into their house and then like assault them. Those like certain episodes like that still stay with mm-hmm. me and like really fuck with me. But for the most part, we know it's like even when it has an unfinished ending, it's still wrapped up in some sort of bow for the most part. Yes, exactly. It's like, well... I'm not going to say that there's not necessarily that much moralizing because I think they actually do try really hard, the writers, to present um, all the different layers and shades of sexual assault and what happens to victims and what happens to um, their families and, you know, just all the different layers that are involved in in a crime reported or not mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, you know, but they do sort of always have a side and it's obvious what side you're supposed to land on at the end, even when they sort of leave it gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess I kind of like that, too, because in the real world, it's not at all like that. There's like usually not such a speedy trial. There's usually not even anything close to a resolution emotionally or judiciously. So just to have even the inkling of resolution, it feels so good. And it's <laughs> not to... Uh, then trivialize everything I've just said, but it's also a very good hangover show. Because of the formula that it consistently follows, you can be half in and half out, which, like, your brain on a hangover is, like, Yeah, it's a good sick show for sure. Oh, so good. When there's a marathon on and I have, like, a really bad cold or I have the flu or something, it is, it's it's a strange escapist, too, because it also is, like, well... This is terrible, and my life is terrible. Like, I also find that if I'm going through something personally bad, I will be like, oh, I need to watch this show. Because mm-hmm. um, there's almost like this it's this calm where you're like, well, my life is shit right now, but like, Munch just had a fucking breakdown at work, and Stabler just punched a perp in the face. Their lives are a little harder than mine. So I'm going to sit right here, and here we go. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think. And I don't know if men, I've never talked to a man about this show in, in the same way. Like, I think. Almost all of my female friends were like, yes, we love Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Um, And I think, like you say, when your life's feeling kind of fucked up or you're sad, you'll seek the show out. Maybe because 
worst case scenarios play out. And sometimes it's very cathartic Mm -hmm. to see that, Mm -hmm. to see like a worst case scenario play out and see people like continue on with their lives and pick up the pieces. Um, But I do, like you say, I also do seek it out when I'm feeling bad or sad. Yeah, sad especially. Sad especially. Not really, it's not a show for me when I'm like angry. No, 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 no. It's for being like, it's for crying. Yeah, like feeling things that like I nor- like I don't really like, like I'm not a big emoter, like I don't like to cry very much. So it's a good show for when it's your two month cry. You're like, oh, I haven't cried in two months. You pop that in. You don't cry every day. I don't cry ever. You never cry? Barely. Oh my God, I cry at commercials. I cry looking at Instagram. I Aww. cry when people talk about animals. See, but I think that's really good. I've just like, I cried so much as a kid. And then I, there's a lot of fucked up shit that happened when I was in my early 20s. And so emotion, I think for me, became something that was a bad thing. Like anger you can work through and you can be like, fine, blah, blah, blah. But sadness became this like betrayal. So I kind of evolved to be like, you cry on your own time when you have decided that it's time to cry. Like I've seen like, death nearly in front of me and been like okay let's like moving on let's go like and that's so intense it so is you intense. have shows that you watch to mm-hmm. release the cry that svu um sometimes svu is also more of like i feel like i study svu i watch actually mad men will make me cry um and the crown will make me cry when like the, you love the royals i do love the royals i hate like i hate love them i hate love them guys i don't even know Anne personally that well but i know <laughs> that she freaking loves the royals lauren mitchell came on and we talked about our favorite um royal historian and we were both like we think it's because they're genius rebranders but we're like we know your institution is super bad but you are just like who you have like it's just we know we know but we're also like yeah, how um so you cry at the crown I cry, because... yeah well i cry um at one episode and that is I, that's when the king dies in the second episode and they don't know that he's going to die right away and it reminds me of when my uncle passed away 2 years ago cuz we didn't know that was going to happen and it's very similar we just woke up one day and they were no. like so you're like ugh but i'm really bad like last week was my I think I had even came in here and I'm like, I feel like I'm having an emotional constipation moment. And everyone, like, we're like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm like, I haven't cried in two months. I feel like I should cry. So I tried to cry that night and then, like, I just was too tired. So that night, the next night, I was like, I know what I'll do. And I watched the Mad Men episode where Don and Peggy dance to my way. And she's like, I feel like I've accomplished nothing. He's like, I feel like I have no one. And I was like, yep, that's going to, that's right where it hurts. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love this. I, yeah, I feel robotic sometimes. And I've definitely asked my therapist if she thinks I'm like devoid of emotions. But then she's like, no, you just put them in little jars. At least you know enough about yourself to know that you need to have a cry and then you just yes. like, do the things that you need to do. It's just because I used to cry all the time, yeah. but I was fucked up. So I think that also has something to do with it. And now I'm like, I have fixed it. And it's like, no, but I've just learned to like put things elsewhere. But oh you God. cry. I cry all the time. Uh, remember that that viral video of the raccoon <gasps> and he's like trying to get cotton candy out of the puddle? Aww. Oh my God. Amy Wood, our mutual friend. She's coming in next. um, Ask her about this video because uh, we, her and I and her husband and my husband were always texting. And I think we, amongst the four of us, shared that video. And both Amy and I had the same reaction, which was we just could not stop crying. Oh, my God. It's just too real. It's too real to feel the, like, inevitability of failure and disappointment 
trying to get your freaking cotton candy out of the puddle. That's ex- that's existential, like beautiful oh, and dude, philosophical. How can you not have an existential crisis when you watch that video? I watch it and I'm like, it's the same reaction as when I saw um, a friend of mine went to anaphylactic shock and I just stab her in the leg and it was a very big thing and then she almost died and I, as it's happening, I did not cry. I just grabbed her. I'm like, you'll be fine because you don't have a choice. So... Let's get it together. Here we go. Like, oh, you're like ex- slapping the raccoon in the face and you're like, get just, it together. That's this me. is life. Yeah, my therapist and I call it the 1940s dad persona. Right, I'm and just, I'm just like, oh my God, little buddy, it's going to be okay. Like, I'll let me just run to the store and get some more cotton candy. But that's almost like indicative of the way that SVU transcends personality types because I am not someone that watches it and really like, I'll feel things, but I'll be more like, okay, got it. Now I've learned. Well, we'll see if this happens. I'll break this motherfucker. And you feel on the different end of the spectrum where you feel like the emotions, like you actually feel things. I feel the emotions, but like you, I also get very like, okay, well, here's what's going to happen. Here's what I, I mean, it's inevitable that if you're, um, if you're a vulnerable person and, Mm -hmm. you know, not because I don't think it's just women, obviously, it's not just women who are sexually assaulted, but if you're a vulnerable person and you've, you've lived life with the understanding that bad things can happen to you, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, many of us do, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I think that it's impossible to not watch Law & Order Special Victims Unit and go, okay, what would I do if that was me? Yes. So in every episode, you kind of like, you can project yourself into that situation and be like, okay, well, I would have done this right away. And so it's kind of like good training in that way but it can get you really amped up too you can be like yes like you know when the victim really uh i shouldn't say victim but when the person who's been assaulted Mm -hmm. uh gets really in the zone and you know figures out that the system's broken so they're gonna subvert it and they're gonna like get revenge on their own you can just get really psyched up yeah yeah i think so too i feel like it's a show that exacerbates the frustration that like i think most and again, we know that not only women get assaulted, but we're using women because we're both women talking about mm-hmm. it. There's that like rever- like just under the surface. It's like a little current of frustration all the time of being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, of course, blah, blah, blah. And this show kind of like cracks into it a bit and then it just like blows up and then you can feel it in different ways. Like it can be anger. It can be sadness. Mm-hmm. It can be disappointment. It can be that bleak fucking awful feeling that happens at the end of some episodes where just nothing is resolved and you feel like you've been punched in the face. Yeah. You're like, oh, all of it, all of which is very valuable, though. Very valuable. And I think another great thing that the writer's room, I'm obsessed with the SVU writer's room. They have their own Twitter account. So shout out um, oh. at SVU writer's room. Amazing. Uh, call me. <laughs> um, another amazing thing that they do is they do rip from the headline stories. They so do, yeah. you get to, you know, um, they did a great one about the Fox News scandal, the Bill O'Reilly stuff. Um, I think they've attempted a Trump one a couple of times, but you get the resolution that you don't get in real life. Mm -hmm. So you get to have like, you know, in the Bill O'Reilly episode, the anger comes down and all the female co-anchors sort of like bandy together and eventually like bring him down and get justice. And you're like, yes, I get to live the best case scenario through law and order. So they do that really well. They sort of hook you with, like, rip from the headline stuff, and then they give you the resolution that you always wanted. Plus, it's fun to see, like, um, watching those episodes being like, hey, that's obviously that guy. I think they did a Jinx one. Yeah. Yeah, they did a Robert Durst one. I mean, they've done all of them 
uh, one of the ones that I really remember, like your um, luggage one, the oh, suitcase one. I hate, I hate it. Is, oh. uh, I can't remember the names of the men involved, but they were like political men and men that produce films in real life. They were having like these crazy sex parties mm. uh, with underage girls. Oh. And SVU did an episode, and as an older person, as a person who knows about things, um, I rewatched it and was like, oh my god, I read about this in Vanity Fair. Ooh. It's crazy that they took this on. Because no one ever sues Law & Order. No, no, no. I think they changed just enough. Just enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we're pausing for a commercial break because that's how this podcast works. But then I have another question because that's how this podcast works. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And we're back. Wow. What a time. Hope you buy that thing or sign up for it. <laughs> I, bu- I just bought it already. Oh, my God. This is great. Emil got it. So now anyone else fucking listen to her okay so when we talk about like law and order spanning 17 years a lot has changed in those 17 years Mm -hmm. even the way like the way it looks olivia's haircut season one not a big fan no loving her hair now but i loved her hair in between as her hair journeys it's its own podcast yeah and we'll start that on a different day (laughs) when you look at the whole arc was there a moment where you like i know you graduated from the original but was there a moment where you're like oh i'm fucking in this or where you ride or die from the start I feel I was ride or die from the start um, because the stakes all have always felt so high. Yeah. They do a great job, uh, although less so now because of Noah. No one cares about Noah. If anyone's listening. No one cares. No one gives a fuck. Please stop. Like, I don't care that he has behavioral issues. Oh, my God. I don't care that he almost got hit by a car. No. I don't care that she might lose him. I especially didn't care when his grandmother, played by Brooke Shields, came to town. No one cares about Noah. No. That's the truest statement that's ever been. I don't care. It's a buzzkill. It's like when you're, like, hanging out with a friend and, like, they have a dog and in the middle of the conversation, they're just like, here's photos of my dog. And you're like, I'm telling you about, like, my mother's heart surgery. Right? I, I hate to say this, but, like, unless Noah's the victim of a sex crime, I don't want to know about <laughs> well, it. Well, you, it's not called Law & Order Special Victims Unit and Noah. Exactly. It's not Noah's unit. No. <laughs> oh, my God. What if they go long enough that he becomes a detective. Oh, that's my like, worst fear is that I'm still <laughs> watching this show when Noah is now the he's, sergeant of the special victims He's unit. played by Zach Braff. Oh, my God. Okay, well, now I'm watching. <laughs> All right, For wonderful. sure, now I'm watching. It should be played by young Sheldon. Oh! <laughs> now I'm in. All right. Okay, cool. Um, no, I've, I have always been pretty invested from the start. And I think the original detectives, like, obviously, uh, much like uh, Fox, mm-hmm. uh Scully and Mulder. Yes. Mulder 
Mulder and Scully. Mulder. Scully. <laughs> I didn't watch that show. I've never seen okay. the show. <laughs> I wasn't allowed. X-Files. All right. Okay, nerds, you can just... Uh, get mad. They're at, screaming at, in their cars right yeah. now. Get in Anne's mentions about <laughs> yeah, whatever those two nerd alien hunters are called. Fucking get a hair, a new haircut. Um, those two, the will they, won't they, right? It's a classic mm-hmm. scenario. Mm-hmm. Stabler, Benson. Uh, they are both hot-headed, but in different ways. They come at the case. He's a dad, and he's just like, oh, come on, women, protect yourselves. And she's like, it's not like that, Stabler. Like, it's not our fault. And my mom was raped. And so you have this great tension, but also they are so complimentary to each other, and they work so well together. And even though they never did, you were always like, but will they? And I, I might they? Did you want them to? I did. I did really want them to. Even though it's so wrong because like he has like so many children and yes. <laughs> whatever. Like he has a whole family. And what would Noah? Noah would just add to the equation, right? And now with Noah, it's like I don't. I don't want that. But um, yeah, I totally wanted them to get together because I have a simple child's brain, and I was like, they're in love. Well, I thought they were in love as well. They looked at each other sometimes in a way that if a guy looked at me like that, I'd be like, what? Or Ah, two two reactions. Yeah. Yeah. And none of her relationships have ever panned out. No, and also it's like none of the it's I always think it's interesting how like none of the men in the show and the, of which there are many like main characters on the right side of justice really understand what like Olivia's job is. Like there's like don't get so attached and she's like do you know like what the hell? Yeah. She's the only one sometimes I think with empathy. Although there's a couple episodes where Munch had like he was in it. Munch has empathy, but only for very specific, like, uh, anti-establishment scenarios. Such a punk. He's such a punk. Munch is super cool. I love Munch. I also like iced tea. Yeah, but I think the ranking, my personal ranking is, um, obviously, Benson, mm-hmm. Munch, mm-hmm. Stabler, obviously. iced tea. Well, and yeah. then Cragen, Captain Cragen, is I at the bottom. I don't even think about that. He's a creep. I yeah, don't, really I don't like even him. know. I'm very Don Draper. I don't think about you at all with those guys. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck they are. And all the ADAs, the rotating. Uh, yeah, I always found that a bit of a, like, I thought the episode was really interesting. I think it was Alex's boyfriend is, like, mentally ill, and then she has to, like, defend some mental, a mentally ill person. Then she has to leave for a while because I think she just exited the show. But Alex I, Cabot, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, like... I always thought it was interesting how they would not really pour a lot into character development of those characters. But when they did, it was like, here's the heaviest shit. Okay, peace. And it's like, maybe I want to know more about these characters. But The then ADAs I'm, always get um, kind of screwed. Like Barba, um, Raul Esperanza, everyone freaking loves Barba, as they should. Barba mm-hmm. is a super hottie. Mm-hmm. When he says, mi abuela, I'm just like, wow, uh, are we married? <laughs> because I'm pregnant with your child. Well, we have a special guest for you. Oh, no. my God. <laughs> Raul? Uh, Barba, it was time for him to exit the show as an actor, yeah. but I'm really sad. And they made him basically, like, ruin his career by lying on the stand um, Alex Cabot, yes, who actually just came back oh, for an episode. Okay, as, um, now she's like a a people smuggler. Oh, she's a mommy blogger. She, <laughs> she's a mommy blogger. No, she like actually smuggles women who are abused out of their oh, cool. uh, regular lives by faking their deaths. Oh shit! So, so when the ADAs get a storyline like you say, like it is off the chain. Yeah, no one's just hanging at the mall. No, no, they're not. No one has a nice time at home. I would love to see a reunion show with all the ADAs coming back. That'd be cool. I'd like it to be, they're told there's one job posting, and then they find out they have to all compete for it. Oh, my God, true. And then the winner gets Noah. 
And the winner gets Noah and then has to leave and the country forever. And they have to leave forever. the show. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Do you ever Have you ever watched one of the episodes or one of the seasons and been like, oh, wow, they got this fucking wrong? I mean, I feel like every other episode, you're just like, come on, that's not how it is. Like, one of the biggest hurdles for me to overcome with the show is the idea that uh, cops are good. Yeah. That fundamentally the justice system is set up in a way to help victims of crimes, especially sexual assault. Um, and that if you just participate within that system, then you're doing the right thing no matter what the outcome is. And I think right. that they reinforce that every episode. Um, in fact, the last episode where Alex Cabot comes back, um, uh, a husband is on the verge of killing his wife. She fakes her death and escapes with her daughter. Alex Cabot helps. Olivia finds out that Alex Cabot helped and that the mom and daughter are not dead and convinces the mom to come back instead of being in hiding because it's the right thing to do and because the cops will protect you and that's what the cops do. And Alex Cabot is like, no, the system is broken. Let me save this woman's life. And eventually Olivia talks the lady into coming back because the cops are good. And guess what? She dies. She dies. Of course she dies. She's murdered. Of course she's murdered. And yet still the message at the end is like, yeah, but cops are fundamentally good. Which is such a strange message to send that like no other show even about cops sends. Like CSI doesn't pause to be like, our weird mystery job is good, guys. It's true. It's true. I, I mean, I also do watch or I have watched CSI, Las Vegas, obviously. Oh, well, obviously. Um, and Miami because, you know, David Crusoe is <laughs> the best actor alive. Um, I never got into Miami and I regret it, but I also regret get, not getting into New York because I like Gary Sinise. Can I just tell one very quick story about David Crusoe that I think is the best story Please of all time? Please tell it. So, uh, again, if you're, like, obsessed with CSI Miami, it's probably because of David Caruso and the sunglasses and all of those amazing one-liners at the start of the show. So, because he, this was, like, a career renaissance for him Mm -hmm. CSI Miami and its popularity Uh, he kind of got like a crazy big head about his fame and I read this on I think I read it on Gawker but you know correct me if I'm wrong but I read this amazing anecdote about him on set that one apparently he could never walk and talk and that's why all those the, the punchy lines with the sunglasses coming off and the paws are delivered because he just couldn't as an actor, he just couldn't deliver lines while walking, so he would always have to pause, deliver, and then continue. Um, and then the best thing is that he, eventually he became obsessed with the obsession. So he just got really gassed up on himself and was like, I'm this amazing character and people love me. And so in one scene, uh, his detective was supposed to go from the crime scene to a rooftop. And uh, David Caruso told the director, well, what if I flew there? And he's like, like in a helicopter. And he's like, no, like what if my character could fly? (laughs) Oh, my God. He's like, I'm basically a superhero. So why not just make me fly? And they were like, no, this is a show about um, crime scene investigators. (laughs) Like you can't fly. We can't suddenly introduce a flying man. Um, and that's my favorite thing I've ever heard about anyone ever in all of life. That reminds me of the Dwight's second life in the office. He's like, everything is the same, except I can fly. Yeah. That's like David Crusoe. Yeah, David Crusoe, who suddenly thought, like, in the middle of a show that his character should have the power of flight. 
Oh my god! Is that not not the best? Do you not just want to watch so much CSI Miami? I, you know? Yeah, I do. I don't plan tonight, and I know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, now, okay, so we have like when I think about crime and procedurals and all that fun stuff. There's like Law and Order, Law and Order Criminal Intent, the most boring show. Yeah, in the, the worst show. World. Although Law. I love Vincent D'Onofrio, who doesn't? Number three, we have Law and Order SVU. Then we have CSI. But then we have like I feel like all of a sudden couple seasons all of a sudden a couple seasons into Law and Order SVU there's this boom where it's like we all turn 21 or something and then the world was like oh cool you guys like watching this here's Criminal Minds I love here's Criminal this Minds this. though so do you yeah. love Criminal Minds I do yeah because I was going to say those movies those movies those shows are so drastically different where it's like crime, Criminal Minds is almost sensationalist in its violence mm-hmm. and then Law and Order is sensationalist in its like storylines you don't really see it but you're still like whoa this backstory is fucking fucked I don't know if someone wants to like do a psychological analysis of me through this podcast. Please but, feel like, free. I my favorite favorite type of um, binge watch mm-hmm. is a murder show. Same though, like, hundred percent. I same. do not even care how violent or how intense. I just murder a whole bunch of people and then try to figure out who done it, and I'm in. I'm in for like ten episodes, uh, and honestly, a movie. Honestly, I think it's because it's the illusion of control. We think we can figure it out yeah. so it won't happen to us. Exactly. It's tales old as time. Exactly. It's like why I love listening to murder podcasts. Yeah. I'm like, this is chilling, but I'm here for it. Yeah. True crime, um, fake crime, just... Uh, just crime. Yeah, just crime. I just... Yeah, like you say, since um, since I was a wee lass who knew that I was like vulnerable in the world, I've been obsessed with not getting got Mm -hmm. and I don't want to get got so yeah I guess I just binge on all this stuff so that I just don't get got yeah it feels like it's like you're studying or it feels like you're prepping like you're like I'm doing my prep so I can like I'm like one jump ahead of everybody yeah but I mean also probably just some really sick part of my brain is like whoa those people just got murdered in an extremely gruesome way I also so full disclosure um I also love uh, the Saw series, and really? I love The Purge. I've seen The Purge and The Purge 2 easily 20-plus times. See, I, I can't watch that. It's too much violence. I can do—but that being said, I've, like—it's weird. I can do—I can do true crime. I can look at crime scene photos. I've seen a body pulled from a river. I've seen a severed in half in a motorcycle accident. Whoa. Yeah, so I Man, can— you sicko. <laughs> I've been— I've seen some shit. I am 500 years old in my 32-year-old body. But, like, that I can, like, put somewhere. But Saw, I think it upsets me in a way that, like, I can't go— Like, it's it's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't—I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just, like, the violence. I don't know if it's, like, the psychological aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I think that might be it. It is me- very—not um, that there's meaning to the crimes in Law & Order, but uh, the Saw and the Purge, like— they are the definite it's like chaotic evil on the chart yeah 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 and i would put law and order as like i don't know lawful good yes but yeah chaotic evil is for sure like the purge and saw so it has no meaning it has no rhyme or reason there's obviously the 
the uh, resolution is just like bonkers in its own way. And you're like, why, why is Zigzag? I always call him Zigzag. I can't remember his name. The little man on the bicycle. I'm like, why like is Zigzag? Zigzag? He has way too much time on his hands. Yeah, wh- Is he going to the store and buying these supplies? <laughs> exactly. Like, is, are people just seeing this guy dress up or is he not wearing his makeup? I always think about that when I watch um, Batman and the jo- they're like, Joker makes his own clothes. And I'm like, really? I'd love to see that. Like, he's just going, fabric land, yeah. rolls in, purple, perfect, like. How is he eating? Yeah. Where is his groceries? Yeah, yeah. And his makeup budget, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So you don't like uh, the violence of Saw and Perch? Because I love, I love those movies. But I can watch, I can watch Psycho, I can watch The Shining, I can watch The Shining a million times. I can watch The Godfather a lot, which some people can't do. They're like, the horse's head. I'm like, sending a message. It's very yeah. clear. Yeah. I feel like I identify with chaotic good. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I think that's why I watch Law and Order SVU and I'm like, I could not operate within those bounds because like every part of me wants to just go up and confront someone and be like here's how this is going to play mm-hmm. and they that's not smart that's usually not smart at all but it's like I here we are I watch Law and Order to to be optimistic that there can be resolution and that um, if you just dig deep enough there usually is a logical reason for violence Yeah, you know so that um, it's not a complete stranger. It was the brother-in-law who yes. felt wronged by, you know, like I do think there is something very satisfying in like uh, the boogeyman from our our young people nightmares is a stranger who does something for no reason and then you can never figure it out. And mm-hmm. that is the scariest thing in the world. Totally. Is someone doing something bad to you for absolutely no reason because you can't prepare for and it. you can't reason with that person. And you can't reason with that person. No. So Law and Order gives you this, you know, because they always open up and you're like, ah, oh, stranger did it. And then they're like, no, usually it's not a stranger that commits the crime. It's someone that you know. And then you're like, OK, so then someone could solve my grisly death mm-hmm. because it usually is someone I know. And then it makes me feel satisfied that even if the worst case scenario happened to me, someone could figure it out. But then I think that The Purge and Saw release something different in my brain, which is like, but... There is this um, chaos in the universe that is unexplained, that you can't reason with, that has no rational conclusion. And let's just watch that play out in two hours. I think that's why I liked I'll Be Gone in the Dark so much, Michelle McNamara's book. Have you read that yet? I haven't yet. And it's about the Golden State Killer. And he, there was, like, he was diabolical and obviously the way he was planning these things but you he was just in it to fuck shit up and he did some fucked up shit that like lasted i think that he upwards of like 50 sexual assaults and then that's an addition to the murder he committed and he would like it just no one knew why no there was never a motive he was never like i hate my mom it was just like he would he'd probably case a couple houses and then be like, okay, that's the one tonight. And it's just, that is fucking yeah, terrifying. That's the most terrifying. Because you just, yeah, like I said, you can't prepare for that. No. Um, and so maybe, but maybe my secret preparation for the chaos, for the purge, the inevitable purge. Mm-hmm. Because um, as far as I'm concerned, that's documentary. Yeah. A future documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, is, I guess maybe I'm like, well, when the purge happens, and it will happen, I need to make sure that I purge the right houses. Well... Please don't purge mine. That's all I Alex ask. is laughing, um, but yeah, you're getting purged for He's, sure, buddy. Three tears are down. His, don't think your young age is going to save you now. It's purge or be purged. Exactly. And you're my son, and I'm probably going to get purged. I'm not going to lie to you. I am immediately taping machetes to my hands, Ooh. phone books around the middle, 
and I'm just going out into the street and just fucking just shit like, up. Just twirling until the purge is over. I'm getting in my car. <laughs> Twirling, twirling, twirling twirling towards freedom. Until the purge is done. Okay, I have rapid fire questions for you now. Favorite episode of Law & Order SVU? Oh my gosh. Uh, It's so hard. What is my favorite Law & Order SVU episode? I want to say it's one with Munch um, kind of taking the lead. But there... Can I come back to that? Yeah, well, I have to think about it. Okay, all right, all right. Because uh, I feel like, honestly, I don't have a favorite because they're all just so soothing to me. That's a, a fine answer. Is that okay to that's say? That's okay. No. But it's, it's a podcast. It's not a fucking life test. Oh, okay, sorry. Yes. sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Please don't get stressed out. We're in a room covered in egg carton things. I know, it's okay. Actually, I feel like I'm, I am in an interrogation room on the set of Law & Order right now. I am Go. Stabler. Yeah. Um, okay, favorite personality trait of Olivia's? Uh, her tenacity for oh. sure the like her empathy is obviously amazing and it's what sets her apart but I think what you're as a woman what you're really rooting for is Olivia's tenacity she never gives up and she um, always gets the bad guy she does always get the bad guy what do you wish had happened when Stabler was there still uh, well obviously that they went to the bone zone yeah. uh, no oh no. god that would have been <clears throat> a great scene I guess I feel like I wanted that that um, that scene at the bar where they finally just sit down and they go, you know, I always, I misjudged you from the start, but I really understand you now. Like I wanted them to have oh. that moment as two lifelong um, colleagues and buddies and just see each other for who they really were. That's beautiful. Yeah, I would have liked that. That's really nice. What do you hope happens to Noah? Oh my God. Okay, you know what? Obviously. Chaotic evil. <laughs> Noah dies. What if he's the little zigzag? Yes. Oh my god. If Noah, actually, the craziest scenario would be if Noah just became like a murderer. I would love that because his dad is a bad man. Yeah, his dad is a bad man. And the show, I think, because Olivia's father is a rapist, mm-hmm. and the show's always playing with the idea of like, are you? What role do genetics play in crime? Mm-hmm. And you know, if your dad's a rapist, are you? going to commit crimes. That's what Olivia's always struggling with. And mm-hmm. she always sort of is fighting, I think, what she perceives as bad in her. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what they're setting up because they're always talking about Noah's dad. And she's always so worried. Is his dad uh, going to affect his future? So that'd be crazy. That would be the ultimate like, oh, God. Very- if she used to arrest her own son. Boom. That's very big little eyes too. Yeah. Not to spoil anything, but if you haven't watched it by now, oh honestly, my god, get a life. It's sort so much it out. B- best uh show on television in the last five years, in my opinion. Absolutely. Although I couldn't watch the I had to like make a friend tell me what happened at the end because I got like nervous and then I could watch it. Oh beautiful ending. Just beautiful, beautiful. ending. I mean, and now for this beautiful ending, one last question. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Mm-hmm. What do you hope happens to Olivia? I hope, well, other than arresting her own son and coming to grips with not having annoying Noah in her life, I hope that Olivia sees, uh, the finds the good and that the battle in her between um, good and evil, whatever those two things mean, is resolved and she realizes that she's not a product of her upbringing and she's not a product of her harsh environment, which is dealing with heinous sex crimes every day. And I hope that she just finds... Um, that throughout the years, she's just she's created the person that she is, and that person is a good person. 
I like that. It's a good ending. I got, you're and beautiful. Obviously, that we become best friends. No, okay, you now you're crying. You're just, this is getting <laughs> I'm so really sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking about what the did I say? video. Calm down. There's no reason to cry. <laughs> you're right. Okay, tell the internet where they can find you and what you're doing and all of that fun stuff. And um, now this will also be airing in August. September, August. Wow, well, this time. is never going to air. Is that what's going on? Oh no, I just have so many banked because I he's going away. Oh, so I'm like to the purge. It. He's going to purge everyone. <laughs> he will be. He's zigzag. I know. Seriously, mm-hmm. it's always it's always these guys that end up so uh, surviving till the end. He loves helping people. <laughs> um, find me at Emil. At A-M-I-L. Mm-hmm. That's right. I have a one-word Twitter handle. That is sick. Right? Yeah. OG. Yeah. Early adopter. Yeah. And um, that's probably where you should just find me. All right. You are one of my favorite people to follow on Insta and on Twitter. Thank you. Yeah, you really are. When you fave something I've said, I actually feel cool and smart. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go fave a bunch of your tweets right after. Oh, my after. God. I'll just pass away. That's how I'll cry. And you I'll can follow that. me on Instagram, too, yeah, at Emil Niazzi. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of really cute content on there. Yes. Hashtag content. Hashtag content. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been Nobody Cares Except For Me. If you go to my po- my podcast website, is that that's what it is? Look at you correcting it. Nobody Cares Podcast on CA. Um, tell me what you care about. No one else does. And I'll read it at the end. Um, cool. All right. I'm your host. Angie Donahue. Okay, bye. Thank you.